glad you're here today. I want to talk about these uh, court cases that Donald Trump has been up against. Uh, we know he's got some uh, Obama appointees, and uh, one of them imposed a gag order on the president, and he'll not be allowed basically to comment about, you know, special counsel Jack Smith, nor his staff, nor the court. And, uh, you know, these, these judges are amazing. Uh, this one claims, it, you know, the gag order was to prevent Trump from launching a smear campaign that could pose a threat or a danger to the administration of justice. You know, if it wasn't so sad, it'd be funny. I mean, what is this? What, what, what does this really mean? Because what it's really all about is that for the next few months, up until the trial date, there's going to be many motions and many hearings alleging that Trump has already violated the order. Because this is the way the left works. So this is pretty much a trap designed to set up Donald Trump, to keep him in court on a regular basis, and to silence him as a presidential candidate. This is a hugely dangerous precedent that has been set. And one that I think can only have come down from the top. There's no doubt it came from the Biden campaign. To think that Biden is also launching an account on Truth Social to try to reach Republicans is amazing. I mean, talk about the brassiness of the left. They will hold nothing back in trying to dissuade people from voting for Donald Trump in 2024. So. What are some of the problems with issuing a gag order? Well, especially one for a former president of the United States. See, what it does is it limits President Trump's ability to be able to defend himself in public. Uh, and, and let's face it, this is really all about what the public thinks, because there, there's, no, there's no crimes here. And the arguments over whether Trump has gone too far with a remark or said more than maybe he should now becomes the decision of one person, a prejudicial judge. The judge on her own can come to whatever conclusions that she thinks regarding what she thinks is fair speech. That, my friends, is a dangerous precedent. Among the difficult questions that the judge must deal with is how any gag order can possibly be enforced and how it could be fashioned in such a way that it doesn't risk provoking Trump's base, people like me and hopefully you. Because what we see already is that Trump is being persecuted because of all the good things that he did while he was in office. So I think this really has to be something that's thought through. Because the serious risk is not just his words that they could trigger violence, because we don't want violence, but that, you know, this judge could be playing with fire should um, we begin to see more proofs of her prejudice in this case. See, justice is supposed to be blind and not vengeful. But we've been seeing lately is just the opposite a system that is filled with prejudiced people. Verbally, these people are claiming 
that they were out to get Trump. Could it possibly be any worse than that? My friends, this is not how our justice system is supposed to be working. Lawsuits like this must be thrown out or we will be teetering on the edge of being a banana republic if we're not there already. I mean, seriously, what can the judge do? I mean, what could the judge do should Trump violate the gag order? I mean, you can't really throw him in prison because the Secret Service has to be with, with him all the time. And that's going to provoke a huge backlash against the court system and against this particular judge for sure. So what can you do? I mean, another factor is that, um, you know, you have to take this into consideration that all of these cases involve public figures. And for instance, Trump being a public figure, but now all these judges and prosecutors are now becoming public figures. You, you understand? So if they weren't already known publicly, they sure are now known publicly. And we cannot impose restrictions on speech, especially if you're a public figure. <laughs> See, if I think you're a hack, I'm going to say it regardless of the consequences. And we could be in very dangerous position as a country, as a republic, by allowing these kind of rulings by a prejudiced judge. Now, these judges we know are only trying to contain Trump and to keep him in as small a box as possible. See, we now have one person deciding what they consider to be dangerous rhetoric. But yet, we supposedly live in a free republic, at least the last I thought. I think that although people may want the judge to act in a certain way, these kind of actions definitely can lead to serious problems down the road. Now, you might not remember, but um, a federal appeals court back in 1987, I think it was, lifted a gag order on Harold Ford Sr., he was a Democrat charged in a fraud case, and he was ultimately acquitted in, and uh, claimed that the case brought under Republican President Ronald Reagan's administration was racially and politically motivated. And Ford's gag order prohibited, prohibited him from even sharing his opinion or discussing facts of the case. And the court noted that Ford would soon be up for reelection. And they said the gag order would be un would unfairly prevent him from responding to attacks from his political opponents and block his constituents from hearing the views of their congressmen on the issue. Obviously, you, obviously, that's huge. I mean, we need to hear the president's views and his opinions because he is the top candidate in the Republican Party and he is running for president. See, we need to know his views and opinions, especially on what is happening to him. You know, in 2000, another appeals court upheld a gag order challenged by Louisiana Insurance Commissioner Jim Brown in a fraud case, noting that the order allowed assertions of innocence and other general statements about the case. However, the court noted that the judge briefly lifted the gag order to avoid interfering with Brown's reelection campaign. And that judge stated that the urgency of a campaign 
which may well require that a candidate for the benefit of the electorates, electorates, as well as himself, have absolute freedom to discuss his qualifications. So this judge needs to be careful imposing restrictions on a president's ability to be able to speak during an election cycle, because we know that definitely is going to interfere with the election. See, the big threat right now is that many on the left are fearful that should President Trump win re-election, <laughs> this time he'll have the experience behind him so that on day one, he'll start taking control of the deep state. And they know that Trump will do that. On day one, he will fire tens of thousands of government employees. See, since Trump is also working with the Heritage Coalition, he is ensured to have enough personnel and the right personnel to complete the unfinished White House business he started when he was in office the first time. Folks, beginning on day one, Trump is going to bring upheaval to Washington, D.C., and that's what the left fears the most. Most of the new agenda would be accomplished by reinstating what Trump's Schedule F was called, his Schedule F, the Trump-era executive order that would reclassify tens of thousands of the two million federal employees as at-will workers. Ah, they could now be more easily fired. And believe me, the left is fearful of that. See, they own the federal government. They own all the employees of the federal government. And the federal government mainly votes Democrat. <laughs> Biden rescinded that executive order immediately upon taking office in 2021. But Trump and other presidential hopefuls are now ready to reinstate it. So that's what frightens the Democrats. That's what frightens the left losing the deep state. So as it stands right now, just about 4,000 members of the federal workforce are considered political appointees, and they change with each administration. But Schedule F would put tens of thousands of career professional jobs at risk. But for you and I on the right, that's what we need to do to affect a change in this nation. I believe what's coming is a top-to-bottom complete renovation of the Department of Justice, the FBI, the CIA, all the other three and four uh, letter, uh, you know, uh, letter uh, agencies. These proposals are already in the works to abolish a lot of its diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. In other words, the entirety of the woke agenda will be canceled if Trump gets elected in 2024. My friends, that is what they fear. So little by little, President Trump with a four-year, within a four-year period, can literally do three or four times what a normal president would be able to accomplish in that same period of time. And this brings great fear to the left and to the media. Now, of course, none of us believe that federal employees are evil or that they are the enemy. But unfortunately, it's the federal employees who have been used 
by the three and four letter agencies to hold back on the implementation of the Trump era changes. And the Heritage Coalition is working now with Trump in hopes that when they get back into office in 2024, the implementation of all these changes is going to make a huge difference in our federal government. Changes of this magnitude will take many, many years for the left to reverse. And I'm not saying they won't, but at least it's going to give us some kind of reprieve for the next few years to come. It's going to give us some time to re-educate the coming generations so that conservatism will hopefully remain the solid foundation of our great nation for decades to come. So even though there's all these indictments and all these charges and pending lawsuits against the former president, he still has a clear path, not only to the nomination, but also to the White House. And that's pretty much based on what we're seeing right now all across this great country. The indictments, I believe, have done nothing more than to fire up the base and solidify anyone who may have been on the outskirts, outskirts or still unsure about supporting President Trump. See, the one thing about Americans that the left has no idea of is that we hate injustice. We hate to see someone being persecuted by our justice system for doing nothing. We don't like to see people being attacked and charged, their lives ruined by the government. This government is supposed to be protecting us, protecting our people. The Constitution and the amendments, as well as the Bill of Rights, are all basically there to protect us, we, the people, from the government. And what we have is the government and all their cronies working hard to destroy Donald Trump. And as Americans, we will not stand for that. Starting with the raid on Mar-a-Lago and all of the nonsense surrounding the so-called secret documents, this, I think, was the straw that finally made the difference especially with many of people who were kind of on the outskirts, on the fence about Trump, I think many people began to realize that these were trumped up charges. These were charges that were fabricated mainly and only for the cause of defeating Trump in 2024. And unfortunately, we still have very few prominent people in the government standing up and saying that this is a type of prosecution, persecution, not prosecution. This is a type of persecution, and this is not correct. It's not right. It's not just, and it's not righteous. But in fact, it is nothing but a political witch hunt, period. It seems the only people that are really troubled by all the allegations against President Trump are people who are staunchly on the left and who simply don't like Trump for whatever reason. And them, along with the never-Trumpers on the right, the rhinos, those are really the only people 
that have dug in their heels at this point. And so the way the rest of the country sways is really going to be dependent on how firmly the left continues its position to try and stop Trump at all costs. Because people are waking up daily, left and right, every single day. People are beginning to recognize that for sure there's something not right about all these lawsuits. For sure there is something not right about what's happening around the country regarding President Donald Trump. All of the hoopla and energy around watching the vice presidential debates, <laughs> that's what I call them, because that's really all they're about. It's about who may be or may want to be vice president. Personally, I don't see Trump pinging any one of them because I don't see any one of them on the stage that has the humility to be able to recognize that Trump is the one that would carry this ticket, not them. For instance, I would love to see a Trump DeSantis ticket, but DeSantis would have to be humbled and so would Trump. In order to ask DeSantis, Trump would have to be humbled and DeSantis would have to be humbled in order to accept Trump. But for the sake of the nation, oh man, I think that would be a winning ticket for sure. I sure hope that they would come to that conclusion for the sake of the country. I mean, some of the other ones like Ramaswamy, you know, has some likable characteristics, but I believe his youth is really the only thing that's standing in the way at this point for him. Um, maybe five or 10 years from now, he could definitely be a formidable candidate for the presidency, but I don't see it right now. Most everyone else on that stage is nothing but a deep state entrenched rhino Republican, in my opinion. And they are the problem. They are what's wrong with the nation. You might remember Nikki Haley and the fat man, uh, how both of them just came out swinging against Ramaswamy in the last debate, mainly because he decided to take the stand against the Ukraine or against the political standard of what they want us to believe about Ukraine. And so by taking that stand, he opened himself up and those two came at him full barrel, full throttle. <laughs> and that was proof to me of exactly where they are. They are deep in the pockets of the rhino Republicans. Now, in regards to the next debate coming soon, one can only hope that the field is extremely narrowed. So I think that will show that whoever is left standing, although they still don't have a shot in the dark to win the nomination, but they, they may, you know, try to get in President Trump's good side in order to get a vice presidential or a cabinet pick somewhere along the line. But one thing people need to understand is that just running for president can be a lucrative proposition. And the field of runners knows this and they're all playing the game. Hey, you get a lot of recognition. You get to make some real money. Hey, it's not a bad proposition. That's why they do it. But what do you think the left will do the closer we get to the inevitable Trump being the Republican candidate? I think all bets are off, my friends. The left will do whatever it takes, and that frightens me. They will do whatever it takes to ensure that they can steal this election. And that means some catastrophic event, something here in the United States 
that would allow for, I know it sounds crazy, but it, it would allow for the government to do what they did or worse during COVID. Can you believe that the government would use martial law? I do. Do you believe that they would put drop boxes on every corner in the country in order to stuff them with their own ballots? I do. I believe anything is possible. I believe that there's already a plan in place that would allow for even something as far reaching as martial law being imposed to ensure that they don't lose to Trump. And like I said, that sounds crazy. It sounds unbelievable, but this is the left. I believe they could go so far as to try to assassinate Trump. See, they have way too much to lose to not take it to the worst possible place. Because they know that if Trump gets in office again, they will all pay a heavy price. So why not just steal the narrative, retain the power in hopes that the media's cover will help them avoid paying a heavy price for their crimes? And that is what's going to happen. Now, do I really want that to happen? Absolutely not. What I want is us to turn out in such large numbers that we overwhelm the voting system and Trump gets in by a landslide. But we know the left is not going to give up easily. You know, some on the left are looking into the possibility of using the 14th Amendment, try to keep Trump off the ballots in key stakes. I don't think that's going to work. I think that's going to be, you know, a guaranteed problem uh, for them in trying to get that to happen. Um, but, you know, to them, it's a way of guaranteeing, you know, a Biden victory. Uh, so naturally, they're going to look at it. But what really is on the table? You have to think this way. Anything and everything. See, the argument to disqualify Trump from appearing on primary or general election ballots comes down to the interpretation of Section 3, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment. And that states that an elected official is not eligible to assume public office if that person is engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States or had given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, unless they're granted amnesty by two-thirds of the Congress, which we don't have right now, so that's not going to happen. Why do you think all the talk of insurrection, insurrection, this was planned. This was all planned out in advance so that they can try. So will they still try to use the 14? You better believe it. <laughs> this is ludicrous, but the left knows no bounds, especially when it comes to saving their own skin. Trump has vehemently denied any involvement in what happened at the Capitol January 6th. And those of us who have been following this know that it's all a prefabrication of the left. It's a prefabrication in conjunction with Pelosi and the Capitol Police. But the truth is, Joe Biden, the Democrats, and the never Trumpers are scared to death because they see the polls and they know that Trump is winning on nearly every front. The people who are behind the pursuit of these legal proceedings and lawsuits are willing to do anything to protect themselves and their jobs from what will be sure hell to pay should Trump get back into office. But what can you and I do? 
What can the average Joe do to let these criminals know we are on to them and we will not stop until they're all prosecuted for their crimes? I tell you, people have power and our power is in our numbers. There are a hell of a lot of us who have reached our breaking point. And if we take this battle seriously, we have things we can do. We have one tool, and that is the sheer number of Trump supporters who want to see justice. If only we can unite, not unite like politicians think, which always involves some sort of compromise, but unite like the Democrats, like they unite. They, and they oppose all that come against them, and they stand with a united front. We need to take a lesson from them and stand strong and refuse to back down. And it all starts with an all-out assault on our elected leaders. Not a physical assault, but an assault that will keep their phones ringing and their emails filled and their mailboxes stuffed and their offices packed. We need to see them face to face this campaign must be an all-out grassroots attack on all those in the Congress and Senate. This has to be a blitz that will continue and only grow in strength the closer we get to the election of 2024. If we are persistent, if we are relentless, we can so inundate our elected officials that they will literally be frightened of us as a group, and that is where our power lies. We cannot be involved in anything violent nor disruptive. Hear me, hear me. We cannot be involved in anything violent nor disruptive, but yet our very existence should be disruptive. To every branch of government, every office of every representative and congressman needs to be inundated with calls, letters, emails, and visits. That, my friend, is the only way we can get their attention. They will have no choice but to yield to our demands. And those demands must be spelled out in detail, starting with real and authoritative investigations, as well as special counsels that must investigate the truth about all the players in the many hoaxes perpetrated on President Trump and all those heroes who stood alongside him all through this process. We must demand, demand an impartial investigation into all aspects of the 2020 election and every election since. We cannot stop until all guilty parties are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law without exception and without prejudice. Let me tell you what happens should we get real. Should we have a real investigation? Here's what you can expect. The rats will be coming out of the woodwork, willing to do anything to protect themselves from prosecution. There will be hundreds and hundreds of people coming forth regularly that will be willing to blow the whistle in order to save themselves. That's what we need to do. We need to drive the rats out of the rat holes into the public. Rats are all the same. They're predators. They'll eat each other just to survive. And my friends, this is human nature. And it's not only possible, but it is something that we can do. We can make a difference. We can reestablish law, order, righteousness, and justice if we stand together.
I hope you're willing to join us in this fight. See, I'm not just a talking head. I'm a guy who is serious about wanting to see those guilty pay the price. Because for far too long, many innocent people like General Flynn and many, many others have lost their lives, their homes, their money, all their savings. And they had to start all over again. Why? Because they stood for truth and righteousness and justice. If you become a student of history, what you'll find is those who signed the Declaration of Independence all paid a very heavy price for standing up against a, uh, a, a dictator, tyrannical type of government. If we who know better just continue to do nothing or think that we can do nothing or think someone else is going to solve the problem, we eventually will find that few are willing to take on such a task. But together, we can make a significant difference. Together, we can and will bring America back to its former glory and even beyond. But what happens if turning this ship around turns out to be an impossible task? What if things do not return to truth and justice? My friends, I have strong faith and hope in America, as strong a belief that good will triumph over evil. But what if the only way truth can win, that justice can be restored? What if the only way that's possible is if a biblical apocalypse must happen? As a Christian, I, I have this in the back of my mind. I realize God desires America to remain a beacon of truth and justice, but yet I know what the Bible says. And unfortunately, as much as I don't like it, America is not found in biblical prophecy, at least not in any good light. So does that mean that America is somehow silenced, somehow unable to come to the rescue of Israel? especially in the last day's war when all the nations will rise against Israel? I'm afraid that is a fact we will all have to reckon with. But yet we are not to give up on the good fight of faith. So my conclusion is that we will remain vigilant. We will remain focused on restoring justice and righteousness to this great nation. And as long as we do all that we can do, God will be doing all that he does. And I know that in the end, God's will will be accomplished. So let's not delay any longer. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's renew our commitment to America today. Let's get involved and do all that we can to make a difference. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Well, if you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire or watched the entire episode. And for that, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listened or watched. And do me a favor, please share this episode with others who may be interested in the same topics. And also feel free to let me know what topics you'd like to see covered in the future. You can get in touch with me in the comments or by, you know, social media networks. Thanks again for everything. See you next week.